Hey, good to be back up here with you. Got a little breather and then back in the game. Hey, I just wanted to say about the children's ministry. I was been coming on Wednesday nights, Becky and I, and, and helping and just enjoying our time. And this last week, um, Karen Mast got to be with us. And there was just one moment, I, don't, I know you probably don't like attention, but just kind of one little thing of what happens um, that maybe you guys don't get to know. There was, there was a time of, of prayer and uh, uh, Karen said um, this one in one little girl that she needed uh, healing in her body and all the kids uh, gathered around and stretched out their hand and put hand and and just prayed for healing. it's just so, it's just so cool like I just you don't always get to see that 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 it's that there's more going on over there and so your prayers um, and and all of that just would you just keep praying because we know that that God is raising up some fire breathing men and women of God over in that room and and I love that we've got um teachers and facilitators like Karen and others that come in and say, no, wait, we're not just going to move past this. Let's take a moment, no matter how long it is, and let's gather around and let the kids um, be part of this. So thank you, Karen. And uh, man, don't, isn't that cool? Isn't that a good thing to, to hear? So praise God. All right. Um, hey, we, are, we, we just started a series called, uh, it's our Discover Track series, and there was a couple things that I wanted to, I wanted to share and kind of clear up. Um, I, I got home last week and uh, realized that, that my wife was confused on something, and, uh, and she said I could share that she was confused, and, and she said that, so I just want you to know I'm not throwing her under the bus. She's like, you might want to tell everybody, and then I was talking to Pastor Bo, and he was a little confused, and I'm like, man, well, gosh, you know, maybe it's, uh, maybe, I thought it was just me, but no, it, it's, it goes beyond. And, but this, this is the thing, um, some, some maybe walked out last week and were wondering, well, if I'm already a member, do I need to like fill out a Discover Track card? Is this part of like, is that, I just, I just don't know if this is, if this is something that you're wanting. And I would say, yeah, this, yes, absolutely. If you're a member and you've never been to Discover Track, I'd love for you to fill out Discover Track cards and let us know that you're part of this um, because it just tells me that you're with us, that you went through, the, you know, six months, one year from now, I might look at a list and see, oh, we've got, you know, these, this many people that have been through Discover Track, and that means this many people haven't. It, it has little to do with membership. There, there's part of it, it's our membership component, yes, but the majority of Discover Track is about you discovering us and us discovering you and you discovering you and, and, and then there's a part about membership. So if you've already been a member and you haven't been through Discover Track, I'd love it for you to, to either go through Discover Track the, uh, in our normal time slot or mark down that you've been to it here. And, uh, and so hope, hopefully that clears it up. Um, last week, I got to share a little bit of my heart about why Discover Track. And if you're, if you're a guest with us, Discover Track is our four-week kind of class that helps, uh, helps people discover this church and discover their design and discover their leadership and then eventually discover their team um, as what's your role in the body of Christ, this local body of Christ. And, and so the big why, if I were to boil it all down, is I want to create a landing pad um, for the supernatural, for, for revival. And there's, uh, any of you agree with me that we just want God to sovereignly move and bring, bring revival and, and uh, right? It's more than just me. I hope it's more, we got two. We got three, one, one in the back. And we, we want that. We want that. But it, this is what I know is that, is that when we're ready, 
It, he's not, it, we're not waiting on him. It's more that he's waiting on us. There's a, there's a preparation time. There's an individual preparation time. So as you discover you, you discover your, your gifts, your design, where you fit, all this, that's, part of you, that's what you can do to prepare for, for what God's uh, bringing. And I, and I believe it's sooner rather than later. Right? So you get to prepare. Also, as, as a church, we get to say, what do we need to have in place besides just more toilet paper in the restrooms? Like, like could we also have um, you know, systems in place where people can, can really understand salvation and, and be discipled and all of this? And so this is that. I, wanna, I want us to create a landing pad for the supernatural so that it's not just we bump into something here and there, but that he could land and stay. And uh, as I hear about revivals throughout church history, one of the things that saddens me is that it kind of blows in and blows out. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be great? Um, and you see a couple different places in the world where, where they have caught that idea that, that they're stewarding an environment of revival that's lasted for years. That's what I want. I don't want just something that comes for like 30 days and is gone. I want like, like something that's like 30 years from now when I'm not the pastor anymore and someone else is, that it's still going. Any of you like that idea? So that's kind of the why. That's part of Discover Trek. We're, we're putting like, like the rails in place and we're, and we're saying, okay, here's this and then, and then he can kind of come and land. Um, so, and then maybe one other thing uh, on that before I get into this week is that I'd love it for you to experience this so that you can also tell your friends and family when they come, hey, discover track. That's what you need. That's the next step. That's how you get involved. That's how you get connected. Discover track. It starts to become like our language. When you get this, this kind of critical mass, this tipping point of people in this church that say, oh, that's what that is. Have you ever throughout your time here thought, I don't, how do I get involved? It's discover track. Have you ever thought, oh, well, how do I get connected? Well, that's connect groups. And the more that we understand that, then when you hear that from somebody else, you can say, hey, hey here's the answer. I've got the answer. Um, today is step two, discover your design. And this is what I want to tell you about last week. Last week, had a, um, we had a snowstorm in October. My goodness, what a, what a just crazy thing. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, um, it, it, it's rare that it happens there, but I heard this, I heard this morning, I think Phyllis was telling me that, that they, had, uh, they had snow, it was your daughter's birthday in October or something like that, and it snowed on her on when she was born. And I'll tell you, we, we planned, Becky and I planned to have outdoor pictures for our wedding in April, and that, that was uh, 10 years ago, over 10 years ago now, and uh, it snowed in April on our, on our wedding day, and we still had some outdoor pictures. But, uh, man, you just can't predict weather sometimes. But, it, but because of weather, some people weren't able to make it and all of this uh, last week. This is what I want to do. If you weren't here last week and you still want to get in on this, this series of Discover Trek, go to our website, listen to step one, then call and say, hey, I'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one with one of our pastors and kind of finish up step one. And we'll just make that happen for you. So you go and listen. Listen to step one on the website. And then, and then sit down with me or Pastor Bo or somebody and we'll just, uh, we'll just get her done. Does that sound good? If you'd like to do that. All right. Here we go. Discover your design. Step two. Um, if you weren't here last week, this is a, you get a, a packet each week. We're going to give you a packet. And um, I may not hit all of the blanks. I, I might. We'll just see how, um, how fired up I get and how much I remember when I get fired up, right? 
and uh, then you can follow along. But the good news is, Leslie put these together for us, and if you, if you miss something, if I don't share something, you got an answer key right in the back. And any of you love answer keys? Yeah, yeah, cheaters. No, just joking. <laughs> I always love the answer keys. So discover your design. This is about discovering all the unique gifts and passions inside of you. This is, this is uh, you know, design uh, uh, really helps us discover destiny. When you start to realize how God created you, why he created you. Did you know that you were born to live at this time in history? Did you know that? Like there's a reason why you were born to live at this time in history and, and not like 100 years ago or 100 years from now. There was a reason in God's, you know, because uh, the, in God's timeline, the beginning of time to the end of time, it's all happening in an eternal now to God. That's his, the transcendent part of who he is. He's not bound by time and space. He's outside of time and space. He's seeing the beginning and the end all happening right now. And in his wisdom, God decided right here, the slider of time, this is when Christy Pelton is born. Right? This is, this is when T-Mast is born. Wait, you know, more, more over here, over here. I don't know. And I am, because there is reason why I need her on this planet for this time in history. Isn't that just, can you just let that just sink in for a minute? There's a reason why God wanted you born now and not 100 years from now or 100 years before. So now our job is to be in the discovery process. Lord, why? What is this thing? How did you create me? Why did you create me? What is this thing? What, what's, this, is this, uh, what's this kind of quirk that's just me? And, and, and you made that. And, and, I, it, and I just need to be happy with that and praise God for that thing about me because that's how you created it. Like, what, what is it about you? And so we're going to talk about that just a little bit today. And, uh, and then, and just like last week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end early and give you an opportunity to either um, say that you got enough and you want to go, or you want to stay for just a little bit more. Normally, in our Discover Track class, this is a lab where you'll see me on a video, and I'll share a little bit of stuff with you, and then we'll turn you over to your facilitator, and then you've got a personality test and a spiritual gift test, and then two questions that help you discover your passions, and you get to put all those together and say, wow, this is interesting. You get to talk with your facilitator, and they get to kind of help you wade through all of that stuff. Normally, that's what happens, and so today, I'm going to kind of put this in a sermon format, and then we'll push pause when I'm done with the sermon, and I'll just say, hey, um, if if you haven't been through Discover Track and you want to make this count as your Discover Track step two, then why don't you stay for just like, like 10 or 15 more minutes? And then if you've already been through Discover Track, you're welcome to leave. And so we'll do that again today. Do not feel guilty. Do not feel manipulated to stay. Um, nobody, nobody will make fun of you if you have to take off at that point. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in, in verse 11, it says, Now these are the gifts of Christ gave to the church. Did anybody know that Christ gave gifts? Yes. You know, the Holy Spirit gave gifts, and we'll talk about it in a minute. I believe the Father gave gifts. Christ gave gifts. And here's the gifts that, that, that Christ gave. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Um, in, in church circles, a lot of times, especially in charismatic Pentecostal circles, we, we call them the fivefold 
ministry that, that there's or offices these are these are the, the the types of gifts God gave people as gifts to the body of Christ and and these gifts kind of hold offices like like this is their role this is their function in verse 12 their responsibility in other words why did Christ give these gifts to equip God's people that's, that, that's the purpose, to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So, in, in other words, this, watch this. The primary role of a prophet isn't to prophesy. Now, how many know prophets are going to prophesy? But the, the primary function or role of a prophet is to help other people know how to prophesy. It's to equip the, the body of Christ for works of service. The, the primary role of a teacher, of a, the office of a teacher, the fivefold teacher, the, the primary role of that teacher isn't necessarily to teach. It's to help the body of Christ learn how to teach, learn how to, to take the complicated things of the word and, and, and make them, uh, make them bite-sized and tangible to the average person. And, and so the, the teacher is supposed to help you learn how to then disseminate the word of God to, to other people. And you see the apostle, and I always have to I always feel like I need to explain the apostle because you never know who's in the room and who, and, and even and everyone's got, got all kinds of different views and, and some of you are like, oh, you're one of those churches and, or, or some of you are, are like, oh, what is that? Maybe you've grown up in church all your life and you're like, oh, I know, and maybe this is like your first Sunday and you're like, I. maybe you've grown up in church all your life and you're like, I still have no clue. What is that? And, and the apostle, like a lot of times uh, in, in church, in church life, we look at this list and we say, um, hey, I'm comfortable with pastors, teachers, evangelists are a little crazy, but we'll, but we'll keep them. We'll, keep them. We'll, we'll let them make the list. And then we'll just, uh, we'll just kind of be silent on the apostles and prophets. We'll just, you know, we're not going to say we don't agree, but we're just going to we're just going to kind of let that slide just a little bit. And, and in this church, we just don't like to let anything slide. <laughs> we're just like, you know what? If it's in the Bible, we're going to figure it out. So the, the, the apostles, uh, the apostle kind of comes from this Greek word, um, apostolos, and it really just means the super scary sent one. Okay? So, so uh, uh, apostle, uh, apostolos, it really means sent one. And, but for most of church history, we've, we've kind of just kind of left it at that definition and in in my in my view this is my personal view I think that's just a, that's a weak definition of of the word apostle and, and the reason why is the church has kind of slapped that on a bunch of people that I don't believe are actually apostles um, they could be but they're not necessarily like like for instance we're like I don't know what to do with this word apostle so if you're a missionary and you're sent overseas that must mean you're an apostle if you're a church planner that oh, you must be an apostle if you're somehow sent from this church oh you're an, you're an apostle and it may be true, but it may not. So you, you go on a little bit farther. As I look at, at the Apostle Paul, and I look at some of the other apostles, uh, John and James and all of these people in the Scripture, w one thing that I see is not only were they sent, but they were also spiritual mothers and fathers of the faith. They were ones that, that not only went, but, uh, but they were responsible spiritually for groups of people. 
Okay, so you start to get a little bit closer to, what's that even mean? There's, there's this sense of spiritual responsibility and authority that, that, that they carry as they, as they were really caring for God's flock. And a lot of people in, in today's day and age, if we, if we allow this word, if we say, oh, we agree with apostles, sometimes we get weird with it. And, and, and it becomes this thing of superiority and, and, and people that just love titles and all of this stuff and they put it you know, on their business card, so-and-so, apostle, whatever. And we're like, all right, it's okay, it's, it's fine. But when you look at Paul, if you guys were here during our First Corinthians series, when he talked about apostle, he, he basically said, I'm, I'm the low of the low. I'm, I'm in the bottom of this triune ship. Do you remember me talking about under rowers? He, he says, I'm an under rower. I'm, I don't even get a whole lot of glory. Like I'm, just, like, like, I'm just rowing and giving glory to the captain who's on the top ship. You can't even see me. Hopefully, you don't even see me. And, and so when you start to really see uh, apostle, but there's a third part of apostle that I think gets really missed by the body of Christ. And this is the part that you put this in with sent one and spiritual father or mother and all of this, and you put this on top of it, all of a sudden you start to, to be able to identify, oh, wait a minute, this might be somebody that's at least functioning apostolically and they may be an apostle. When, when Jesus was using the term, Jesus used the term apostle. And it came from that culture. It wasn't even a spiritual word. It, it, again, it was apostolos, but, it, but in the military, there were ships that would go out and that front ship was the apostle ship. Oh man, you guys are awesome. And, and the, so the apostle ship would go out. It was the, the front one. And as the, as the army, as the military would go out, they would go from a place like Greece or a place like Rome and they would go and they would conquer a, an island or a territory or a, or a country. And what was their job? Their job was to take the culture of Rome and the culture of Greece and go into that place. And then, and then five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, after they had conquered that place, anybody could go in there and they say, wait a minute, I know I'm here, but it really feels like I'm in Rome. I know I'm here, but it, man, it really, this feels like Greece. Because they took the culture of that place and established it in another place. And so you're like, oh, the light bulb's starting to go off. You're starting to understand that in God's mind, the, the gift that Christ is giving to the church of the apostle is supposed to take the culture and the atmosphere of heaven and establish it in environments. Not only are they sent ones and spiritual mothers and fathers at some level, but they have this assignment. Maybe they get sent from this church, but their primary purpose is to establish heaven in environments. Oh, doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that make it less scary? It's really cool. So these are Christ's gifts. And, and as, we, as we go on, we start to realize, so Ephesians 4 were the gifts that Christ gave to the church, and they were the primary purpose was to equip the body of Christ and then uh, 1 Corinthians 12, now 1 Corinthians 12 is that, uh, um, it's, a, it's a chapter that in churches like ours, in the charismatic um, Pentecostal persuasion flavor, um, we often turn to this, and, and this, is, this is that place where it's the Holy Spirit gifts. Now, there's nine here in, uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, there's nine there, and uh, and. And that's great. That's all. Those are the, the Holy Spirit gifts. They're the gifts the Holy Spirit gave. And, and we'll, we can talk about those. You'll, if you stay for the end, you'll, you'll get to take a spiritual gift test and start to see, are any of those ones that, that you function in? And then I believe this in Romans 12, that 
These are the gifts the Father gives. And I don't have a whole lot of time to just explain that, but, but it, in my heart, in my mind, it makes sense. It, it, it doesn't have to, you don't have to believe it, but this is just how I kind of, uh, kind of, uh, view all of this is Christ gave gifts in, in Ephesians 4 and the Holy Spirit gave gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and then the Father gives gifts in Romans 12 and some of them are, are overlapping but this is what I know bottom line you know that, that the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives are just as supernatural as the gifts that the Father gives so when you see the gift of hospitality that that the Father might give or the gift of leadership that the Father might give and you see the gift of prophecy or the gift of tongues or, or, or the gift of distinguishing between spirits. You, you know, when you, when you see those in the two different lists, I just want you to know, like those are just as supernatural. I, I don't want you to function out of your own uh, natural ability. I want you to be functioning out of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what God wants you to give too. So when, when, you, when you start to realize, wait a minute, I've got the gift of hospitality, wouldn't it be great for you to say, wait a minute, this isn't just my natural gift. This is, I am supernaturally, divinely enabled to give hospitality to, to people that, uh, and, and, and even in a way that other people can't. This also tells me this. You know the Bible says that you can ask for gifts? If you, it means that it's a cop-out when you say, I'm just not a hospitable person. <laughs> it means that you can say, God, I need your divine enablement to give hospitality, to give leadership. So I, I love that. When you look through the scriptures, there's, I think, at least 27 um, gifts that come from either Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. There's at least 27. There might be more. I don't believe it's an exhaustive list. I, I think that it's a starting place. I think that this is something where, where God, God says, hey, here, here's a starting place, but there might be other things that I want to divinely enable you to be able to do. And if he divinely enables you, I call that a gift. I call that from the Holy Spirit, from, from God himself. And so um, each of us have a gift. Each of us have the ability to, to function in a supernatural gift that the Lord would give us. Gift, the word gift in the original language means charis. Charis. And charis, that's where we get the word charismatic. And I want you to, to know charismatic isn't just, doesn't just mean a crazy person. Right? It doesn't just, charismatic, I mean, it could include that, but, but when you look at the original in the Bible, charismatic is someone who what? Knows their gift. So if you discover and know the gift that God's given you supernaturally, all of a sudden you become charismatic. You're like, no, no, I want to. Yes, you are. You are now. And actually, it becomes your divine enablement. Someone may say, Pastor Jonathan, how do I know if, like, if it's my gift, if it's like supernaturally my gift, if this is beyond just a, a natural ability, but this is something God's given me. How do I know that? There's three things that I kind of look at. Number one, um, it's easy or it comes natural. And there may be a discovery process. You may not realize it yet and all of a sudden you realize it, but when you find it, it it's one of those things, it, it's, it comes natural. It's easy. You don't have to like work hard at it, even though I hope that you, you work hard. I hope that you practice and I hope that you put it in, put it in the practice. But it's not one of those things that, you, that you're like having to work a sweat. It become, it's easy. It's natural. Two, I, it, if it's from God, the, it, it touches other people's lives. 
If this is a gift from God, the, the, the primary reason he gave you this gift isn't so that you can feel better about yourself. The primary reason God gives you a supernatural gift is because he wants you to uh, impact other people's lives. He wants you to make a difference. He's like, I give you this gift. And part of that's that, that test that he gives us as Christians. Are you going to use what I've given you? If he's given you a gift, it is now your responsibility to put it into practice. And it will, if you use the gift that God gave you, it will make a difference in someone else's life. And then lastly, it's fulfilling to you. It's fulfilling to you. You start to find that it's easy. You start to, to realize, oh, this is to impact other people's lives. But then it becomes that thing where you're like, wait a minute. Like, like I find purpose. I find fulfillment. This is, this is cool. This is interesting. I, I, I love. And so it becomes fulfilling. I think you start to discover that this is a gift from God when you start to filter it through, through uh, those things. And again, there's probably 27 or more that you can find throughout scripture. And when we go back to this five-fold example of the pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, prophets, their responsibility, my responsibility as I come up here is to equip the body of Christ to do, my uncle used to say, there's a big do in the body of Christ. There's this place, in other words, we're not just spectators anymore, we're participants. We're not just consumers, we're producers. My job is to help you get to that place where you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a difference in somebody else's life and, and I get to help you do that. So the five-fold ministry's responsibility is to equip, is to equip and then our responsibility now is to discover. Let me give you kind of three Three steps here as to help you discover your gifts really quick. And number one, my gifts and my passions. When we talk about gifts, this might be where you're starting to look at some of your natural abilities and your passions. And um, this is something where you, you have eyes for it. And, and, and it's, a, it's a gifting and it's a, there's a passion or there's an excitement. Uh, um, when I say that word passion, some of you are like, I don't know, what the, I don't know if I'm really passionate. I remember saying it to, to somebody one time. And, and oh, what are you passionate about? And they're like, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm passionate about anything. And so maybe this is, it, 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 passion might be too extreme. I might be like, well, Jonathan, you're passionate about stuff. I, I I don't know if I am passionate about anything. This might be where you start to use the word like desires. And, and it starts to you know, make sense that way. Like, it, like it's a passion. It's a desire. It's something that drives you. It's something that, that you think about often. There, I, I'm reminded um, when I think of gifts and passions and how they play together. Um, there's those uh, competitive uh, competition TV shows. Uh, some of you have been familiar. Uh, there used to be one called American Idol. You, it, I'm not the only one that watched it. It was a, an episode, just one, one episode. Uh, or you've heard maybe there, there's, one, there's one on now called The Voice, um, and, and they, there's competition about, about if they, they sing well. Or um, There's one, um, it, was, it, it was originally in Britain, Britain's Got Talent, and now it's uh, America's Got Talent. If, if, is it just me? Has anyone seen at least an episode or heard about it? You know, saw, saw it somewhere in the news. And the interesting thing about those shows is every single person has passion for that thing, the voice or their, or their gift, like they're passionate about it. And two, every single person on those shows believes they're gifted. And, and you guys are all chuckling on the inside because you know you've watched some of them and you're like, they are absolutely passionate. I don't know if they're gifted. 
And this is where, for us as the body of Christ, God likes to bring those two together. Where he says, this is where you're gifted, and this is where I'm putting passion inside you, and they come together. You're passionate and not gifted, or you're gifted and not passionate. Like, those two, those two, God, God likes to bring them together. Uh, another, another thing I think about is, uh, how do I discover that this is an area of gifting? You know, w- when everybody walked in this room today, you, uh, you tend to view the room in a different way. Some of you walk in this room and you see a, a chair that's out of place. And, uh, or you see a misspelled word on the, the PowerPoint. And you start to realize that part of the way God gifted you and wired you is to help make things be in, in order and, and in place. There might be this administrative uh, gift on your, on your life. And some of you walk into the room and you see somebody sitting by themselves. And your heart is moved and you're just and you go and sit next to them or strike up a conversation because there's a gift of mercy on your life and you realize, man, I I my heart beats for those that sit by themselves that I, I just want to make sure they're all right. Some of you walk into the room today, this same day, and you walk in and you've got a gift of leadership on your life, and you see Pastor Jonathan up here, and you're like, I could do that a whole lot better. <laughs> Maybe not. And, and so we, the part of how we walk into the room and, and we view life and we view these different things, the things that, that come to mind, you start to realize God's wired me different than this person and that person. Romans 12, starting in verse 6, it says this. It says, we have different gifts, right? Thank God. That's what we're called the body of Christ. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance with your faith if it's serving then serve if it's teaching then teach if it's to encourage then encouragement if it's giving then give generously if it's to lead do it diligently if it's to show mercy do it cheerfully the second part if you're filling in blanks and taking notes is my life experience this starts to help you start to discover in, in Bible college, they called it uh, sovereign foundations and, and inner life growth. This, was, this is where you start to realize that there's these things, not only has God sovereignly done, like the, you can't help but uh, the family that you were born into and, and the, you know, the, the sex that you were born. and Well, moving right along. and You can't help some things. Like this is your sovereign foundation. And then there's the inner life growth. There's some of these things, the college that you went to or, the, or didn't go to and, and the, the job that you worked or didn't work and the brothers and sisters that you had and all of this stuff that's led. And there's all of these things, your life experience. You start to look at your life and, and some of you, maybe, you, maybe you're really good with cameras and you've photography or maybe you've spent time behind a video camera and you're just really good at that or maybe some of you were uh, uh, you know not only not only cameras maybe it was maybe you taught uh, school maybe it was maybe you taught children in, in grade school or or youth in high school and you're really good at it and passionate about it or um, maybe that maybe there's administration and we talked about that like maybe you're just really good at organizing things and making things happen you're not as much of the dreamer you're the one that takes the dream and puts, puts feet to it. 
You look and you start to see what, what things have happened in your life that have kind of shaped and, and, and the things that you've done and accomplished. And you start to realize some things. Some things start to come together. You know that God can use anything for ministry? He can use anything. There was this lady that was talking to her pastor and her pastor was, was sharing, um, God can use anything. All of you have something to offer, right? And, and, and he was kind of sharing the same, the same thing I'm sharing right now. And she, um, she kind of wanted, wanted to challenge him a little bit, bless her heart, right? And she was, she was a little bit older and elderly and, and she just said, you know, um, well, I've, I've listened to your message. I've, I've uh, taken inventory and I have zero to offer. There's, there's nothing. And, and they had this conversation. They went back and forth. And, and, he, and he said, well, what do you like to do? What are, you, what are you good at? And she's like, well, the only thing I know how to do, I, I can quilt. I can quilt. And he said, that's it. That's it. He's like, what if you got your, some, some young ladies around you that, that wanted to learn the, the age-old art of quilting and you just kind of got together once a week and you quilted and you shared your life wisdom and, 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 and how you've just come to know the Lord and how you've kept that passion for him over the years. Well, what, what if you did that? And she's like, well, I guess I could try that. I could try that. I could try, we'll see if it works. I could try that. And she did. And there was like 20 young ladies and, and older ladies and they all gathered around and, and, and quilted together. In, uh, this, is a, this is a shameless plug for connect groups. Uh, it could be anything. It really could be anything. You can't disqualify yourself. Um, I love what uh, Romans 12.1 says here. In the, the message paraphrase, it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. And some of us have disqualified ourselves and all of this, and yet, guess what? God is saying, hey, would you just bring your life to me? Would you just lay your, your life down as a sacrifice? Would you just lay, would you bring me you as a living sacrifice? And if you bring me you, you bring me your life, we can make something happen here. Number three. The last point is my pain. This is in my discovery process of finding my gifts and what can I offer the Lord. Sometimes it's my pain. Um, I'll just be the first to admit I've got baggage. I, I've got issues. You do too. He's like, he's like the, the young person in the back raising their hand. I, I, yeah, and I would just I would probably say some of you do too. And we've got hurts and pains and some of it's because of the things we've done and some of it's because of the things that have been done to us and, and the things that we've been a part of and just being in this world and, and there's hurts and there's pains and there's all this stuff. This is, this is one of the definitions that I, I share often, but true freedom is when I no longer have the pain of the memory, but rather the memory of the pain. And so my goal is to get to that place. Could that be your goal? And, and beyond just getting to that place, this is what I believe, the person who has found freedom will help others find freedom. So, so, some of you need to change your goal from just you getting free to I need to get free so I can help others get free. Couldn't there just be a greater purpose for your freedom than just you? 
So, so maybe you say, man, there's this thing that I just have not been able to get rid of. There's been this mindset. There's been this thing in my heart. And, and I'm going to go on a journey right now to find freedom because other people need to find freedom. And I'm going to help them get there. And so maybe you call the office this week and say, uh, this is bigger than me and I just want to sit down with a pastor. Or, or maybe, you, maybe you sit down with one of our prayer team members or, or maybe you find somebody that, that maybe just knows the word and knows prayer just a hair better than you and say, could we, just, could we just sit down together because I'm on a journey to find freedom and discover purpose. And I tell you what, people need you to be free. I love the, the verse here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all, what? Comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same, what? Comfort God has given us. It's about you, but what do I always say? It's just not all about you. I want to discover my design. I want to find my place. I want to find where I fit, all of this stuff. But, but guess what? It's just not all about me. It's also about other people. As we're closing here, Psalm 139 says this. I'm starting in verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me what? So wonderfully complex. Man, if you feel complex, it's because he made you complex. And it's his design. You are wonderfully complex. The way you think, the, the way you are, your personality, all of those things coming together. And here's this thought. I said it at the beginning. Design reveals your destiny. You know, the last part of this verse says this. Your workmanship is marvelous. Who's his workmanship? You and me. We're his workmanship. And watch what this last phrase says. How well I know it. You know, I'm guessing that in a room this size, there's some people that can't actually say that last phrase. That you're sitting there and you say, Pastor Jonathan, I want to be able to say that. I just don't. I just, I believe you. I just don't know that I know it. That's what this is for. I'd like to take you on a journey in a few minutes. And um, one thing we're going to do right now, Pastor Kelly's here, is if you just turn all of us, all of us in, in this room, we're going to take just a minute. And in your book, there, if you turn to it, there's two questions in your book. He's going to just play softly. This is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to just look at those two questions. I'd like you to look at those and just say, huh, Lord, what do you want, what do you want me to discover here about myself? Number one is, what are three things you've done in your life that you're most proud of? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to just bring to remembrance three things that you've done in life that you're most proud of? And then two, I love this. I love how this jogs our heart and our mind and with the Holy Spirit. If you had unlimited resources, and guess what you do? Anybody know you have unlimited resources? With God, all things are possible, and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and full of resources, unlimited resources. If you had unlimited resources and it was impossible to fail, what would you do? Where would you go? Who would you help? What would you give? Where would you live? Would you just take a minute, just take a minute, at least start letting the Lord pull things 
out of your heart right here. Maybe you haven't thought. Maybe you've never dreamt before. It's been a long time. Would you let the Lord right now over this place, Holy Spirit, help us to discover passions and purpose. It's like two or three minutes right here as Pastor Kelly is playing. Thank you, Jesus. answer with these and I'm going to give you some some more time if you choose to stay or you can take this even with you and it'd be a great thing to do in your private time with the Lord is to answer those questions you might even need more space might even need a few more pieces of paper to finish that out and Jesus so I want us to do today can we just can we stand together As we get ready to transition, some of you are going to need to go and some of you are going to choose to stay. And I just want to pray for us and then give you just a piece of instruction. And our children's workers are still planning on ministering to our children if you're you're wondering about that. And so you don't need to worry about your kids if you don't want to. Lord, right now, we just thank you for your desire to help us discover the way we were designed. And that you want us to make a difference in people's lives and to discover the gift and the passions that we were born to live at this time in history. Lord, I come into agreement with that over every person at the sound of my voice. We release your power and your presence to just touch each life. Lord, would you mold and shape us to be the men and women of God you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here's a, just a couple instructions. One is, you may want prayer for something in your life, any type of prayer, breakthrough prayer in your life, and you want someone to pray with you. And we're going to have prayer teams over in the youth room. And right now they're heading over there, and they're going to just be over there. And you are, you're welcome 
to, in just a minute, to leave and go over there and get prayer. You may want to stay and continue with this process with us. And then right after that's done, they're still going to wait on you. They're going to wait, and then you can come over and get prayer if you'd like to get prayer. If you've already been through Discover Track, then you don't need to stay unless you'd like to. You can, you can leave right now. And if you want this to count as Discover Track Week 2, we just have a few more things, and you could go ahead and have a seat. I'm going to take about a minute and a half break and let you guys decide what you want to do. And if you stay in here and sit down, then that just tells me that you want to finish this, this class up with me. God bless you guys. going to continue on for a few minutes here and just give you an opportunity you won't maybe you can take time to finish all of it but but you may you may not have time so let me just let me just share this is we just believe that there's three things kind of three tools that God uh, helps to use and this is just one thing that we're using is is that one is to discover your personality and there's a personality test here kind of famous it's it's called the disc test and it's a it's a simplified version and you could start taking that right now and we're going to put on um bruce are you will you able to just put some soft music on in the background and 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 then and then there's a spiritual gift inventory and that's the one that kind of takes just a little bit of extra time and maybe you want to start that and then if you want to finish either of those um two questions but one of, the, one of the ways for you to just kind of just get credit for having taken uh, Discover Track Step 2 is to fill out that, that little card and then, then just turn it in. Um, you can leave it on your chair. You can give it to one of the ushers. And, it, and it'll just be your name and all of this. And, and just, just check that you have completed Step 2. And I'm just going to stay in here. and Pastor Kelly. And, and uh, if there's any questions about this as we're going... And then again, if you need prayer for anything, right through those doors in the youth room, we've got our prayer team. And ushers, if anybody needs a pen, we've got pens there, so you can just slip your hand up if you need a pen, and the ushers have, the ushers have some pens. In the hall of this field, angels were singing that the whole earth is filled That the whole earth is filled with His glory That the whole earth is filled with His glory
Now I choose.